This is the Tomorrow Christian Today, reading John 5 in the NLT. But first and always, my friends, we pray. Dear Lord, please give us your spirit. This world is beautiful outside right now. The snow is here in my tiny town here, Lord, between the two towns in Ontario, Canada. But at the same time, there's evil afoot. There's disconnect. There's hatred between people, even people of the same race. There's disconnect between um, the Jewish people and the Palestinian people. There's disconnect in uh, Ukraine and um, in the Ukraine and Russia. There's wars and rumors of wars and earthquakes in diverse places, Lord. And it's the sign of the end, the beginning of the end, when the Antichrist will come and also when your dear son will come from heaven and rescue Christians. I would like to be part of the rescued clan, not because I am good, but because you are good. So Lord, please put your hand on our shoulders. You are not ashamed to call us brother. We kneel before you and call you our Lord and our Savior. Please give us your Holy Spirit as we read your word of how Jesus came to reconcile God to man. Thank you, Lord. I ask in the name of Christ. Amen. John 5, Jesus heals a lame man. Afterwards, it says, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. Inside the city near the Sheep Gate was the Pool of Bethesda with five covered porches. So I think there were some gates. I remember reading this in the Old Testament. I'm thinking all these gates have very significant names. And look at this, the Sheep Gate. So we are the sheep. Jesus is our shepherd, right? We are not sheep of someone else. We are Jesus is our shepherd. And I was listening to a young man today. He's from my old church. He even looks like me. That's what's scary. And of course, he's arguing about Saturday and about how Sunday worship is not in the Bible. And it makes me a little bit angry. But I, I look at him and, you know, it's the, you know, on TikTok. So I, I had TikTok. I got, got off it. I got back on. I was just afraid about getting so caught up in social media like i can't seem to do anything in moderation it's either i'm all in or i'm all out so i got off but now i got back on i only have like you know i'm only following five or six people and i've got like 32 people following me i guess i send out the bible verse so i look at him and he looks just like me and i know he's from my old church he didn't say anything but i know right and he's arguing all the same things that i was told and it makes me kind of angry, but then I realize, you know what, maybe he's looking for a kind word. So I, I, you know, I was like part of the life. You know, some people are like agreeing about about Saturdays, the Sabbath and sun worship is pagan. And I kind of, you know, I said, hey, you know what, some of these things the Bible doesn't really say about you have to go into a building on a Saturday. You can, you know, and I was arguing Romans 14, 5 and 6, and I was saying about you know, their church is, is preaching a different Jesus. And I was trying to add the verses, first Corinthians, uh, 2 Corinthians 11, verse 3. And then I would call him my son, or I really, really appreciate your passion, because I do. How do I know that he's not going to see a comment from me and kind of say, well, this guy treated me with respect? I have no, I don't really care personally. I'm not Jesus. I'm just a follower of Jesus. You know, I'm not the definer of truth. Jesus is the one. Jesus is the one who decides if you love God or not. And God decides if you love, if you love his son or not, that's the person that God wants to rescue. And whether you go into a building on a Saturday or Sunday, personally, I used to go on the Saturday, which I thought was the Sabbath and everybody had to do it. And then I realized, like, why do I want to do that? I want to go on Sunday when Jesus rose. But whether he rose on Sunday or Saturday or Friday or whatever day or whatever day, the first week, uh, the first uh, day of the week of creation, like to me, why would I want to go on the day that Jesus was dead when I could go on the day to commemorate my living Savior on the day that he was 
um, that he was um, raised from the dead. Why would I want to go on Saturday? Bible doesn't say, it says Sabbath. It says every seven days. But anyways, that's just my hermeneutic. But the point is for him, everybody has to do it the same. And they have to do it because Exodus says so. And I'm think, thinking, you know what, maybe there's a potential Christian in here. Maybe there's a passionate guy. I, I did comment and I said, you know, I love your passion. I tried to really, uh, I didn't try to knock him down. And I know he read my comments because uh, if you ever see a live feed on TikTok, it's like, it's all scrolling past you up on the screen. I don't know what he can see. Maybe he can see the same thing. He's obviously sitting at a desk or something and he's seeing this. And I've seen him before and I try to give him compliments. Because how do I know he's not a future Christian? How do I know that he's not, you know, that I could plant a seed as a Christian? Uh, Revelation 18 verses 4. I'm not a guy that's looking, um, you know, to them from the outside. I've been where he's at. I've been there. I have been deceived by, by being told by people that I thought were, were authentic and kind that this lady was speaking for God. And she certainly could write. And she certainly said Christ a lot. But their church is, Christ, is God, Christ, and her. And it says the Antichrist is someone who does not say father and son. Because their church says father, son, and whatever she says. She's an add-on. And when you tell them this, they say, no, no, no. It's just, we're not, we're just arguing from the Bible. I know you're not just arguing from the Bible. You're arguing her opinions. And everybody has to do it her way. You're not just arguing from the Bible. You know, an old, an old man told me, and I know I've said this to you before, when all agreed, somebody lied. You know, the thing that we all agree on as Christians is God, is Jesus, is the Bible, it's prayer, it's Jesus' commandments. What are his commandments? That old church says his commandments are the Ten Commandments, the Law of Moses. But, but Jesus' commandments are relational commandments. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and might. That's the Shema. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. That's what it says in the Old Testament. Those are Jesus' commandments. And everything else is how you do it to fulfill that. He doesn't see that. He talks, but he doesn't listen. And he's young and he's headstrong. And I just, I wonder if I said the right thing. Maybe I got a little bit heated. I, I have to learn self-control. I have a lot to learn before I even get close to Jesus' bootstrap. Because I'm a sinner. I want my own way. I'm petty. I'm frustrated. I'm dark. I get angry fast. I am no, no good representation of Jesus, my Lord and Savior. I'm doing this because I want to know him better. I want to love him more. And I just want to tell people the real God, the real Jesus, is the God who loves us and reaches out for us and just wants us to reach for him back. If you want to eat pork or shrimp, hey, I'd say don't eat a lot. I don't personally eat it, except for if I go out with friends and then I'll have like a pepperoni on my pizza. I don't feel guilty about it. Okay? Uh, in that church, you don't have to grow a beard. I've seen Hebrew Roots guys, they grow a beard, right? We don't have to grow a beard, but it was definitely about Saturday. It was definitely about the, um, the diet. And it was definitely about this lady speaking for God. And I don't know why people who grow up in this, they've, they've grown up in this, why they can't step back and see it from some, from why they can't see themselves from the outside perspective to see what they're saying. 
Like it's not loving, it's exclusion. You are not a true Christian unless you go into a building on a Saturday. Bible doesn't say that in the New Testament. It doesn't say that in the New Testament. It says you shall love God and you shall love others. And however you do it, you do it the way you think God says for you to do it. Um, you know, you, you, you hold yourself to very high standards, but you hold yourself to others. You hold others to very loose standards. If people come to church and they don't have their hair combed and they don't have the same Bible as you do, and they don't dress like you do, they dress casual or they put their Crocs on and you've got your suit on. It's not anybody's business and it's not your business. That business is between them and God. And if God likes the way they are or knows that they are doing according to what he gave them, then they're saved. And if he, they are not acting according to the standard that he has put directly in their heart with the Holy Spirit, that's between them and God. I mean, you know, people say, what do I wear when I go to church? Well, you can't come naked. You got to wear clothes. Okay, there are basic standards here. You know what I'm saying? Little personal hygiene kind of thing. I mean, this goes without saying. But do you know what I'm saying? That other church is everybody has to do it the same way. That's corporate. And in the Christian church, we all have we all get to do it individually. The only thing that's corporate is do you know Jesus? Do you love Jesus? And do you want to even try to be loving? That's my opinion. I don't tell you what to think. I ask you to think about what I tell you. How did I get onto this? When Jesus saw him, verse six, it says, and knew he had been ill for a long time. He asked him, would you like to get well? I want to be well. I don't want to be in a church that's always arguing about all these hermeneutics, all these secondary pe petty, piddly points, okay? Um, God never said not to read the Bible. He said to read the Bible, think about it for yourself. Some people don't even read the Bible. I would say, please, always read the Bible. Struggle with the Bible, but go forward, slog through it, be the two percenter. Even if you don't get it, the fact is God is looking at you from heaven and going, hey, at least you tried. At least you gave me some of your time. Can it really be that bad? I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me into the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. Okay, legitimate concern. Jesus asked him to do something. The man says, I really can't. I have a legitimate problem, okay? It's not ego and entitlement that I'm a victim. It's like, I just can't get to where I need the healing. So Jesus says, okay, I'll get you there. Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat and walk. I love that. Jesus says, stand up, pick up your mat and walk. Jesus empowers him to do what the man knows he wants to do but can't do. Jesus is the one who is empowering me. Jesus is the one who is empowering you. It's not anything good in me. It's not my salvation has nothing to do with me. It's God working in me. That's what Paul said, I think. I love that. Instantly, the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. But this miracle happened on, guess what? The Sabbath, which may have been Saturday. I have no idea, really. But the mat happened on Sabbath. Oh, boy, here we go. So the Jewish leaders objected. They said to the man who was cured, you can't work on the Sabbath. The law doesn't allow you to carry that sleeping mat. So you see, I'm sorry, but my old church acts like these, these guys here. They're, they're judgmental. They have preconceived ideas. They won't let go of their ideas. 
their ideas, make sure that they're the in crowd and everybody else that doesn't agree with them, doesn't flow towards them, doesn't compromise with them. That crowd is the out crowd. And that, I'm sorry, is exactly how my old church is. I want no part of it. It's not loving, it's exclusionary. They said to the man who was cured, you can't work on the Sabbath. But he replied, the man who healed me told me, pick up your mat and walk. Okay, God said, rest on the Sabbath in Exodus 20 verses, 20 verses 8. He said that, right? And Jesus comes along and he acts like the Sabbath is not that important. He says, me and my father, we are working. Who said such a thing, they demanded. Okay, so it sounds like another Sabbath argument. Here we go. I just saw one today and now we're having another one. This is not a coincidence, folks. Really. The man didn't know for Jesus had disappeared into the crowd, but afterwards Jesus found him in the temple and told him, now you are well, so stop sinning or something even worse may happen to you. I think people hear that. They hear, oh, he's not under the law anymore. He's under grace. So that means you're lawless and you're antinomial. Did Jesus ever say to the guy, you can do whatever you want now. You've been healed. You're not under the law anymore, right? You picked up your mat on, on, uh, on the Sabbath or whatever. Hey, it's okay. You could do whatever you like. Did grace ever tell anybody you can do whatever you like? Hey, you've been healed from a sin. Hey, God has rescued you from drinking and alcohol. So now you've been rescued. You have Jesus. You love Jesus. You believe in Jesus. Keep on drinking. We all know that's wrong. Then the man went and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had healed him. Jesus claims to be the son of God. So the Jewish leaders began harassing Jesus for breaking the Sabbath rules. Oh, man. Does this ever sound exactly like what I was in today? But this poor guy, he's, he's arguing for the Sabbath. He really thinks he's doing right. He's a nice young man. It's scary how he looks just like me. He, I don't know if he's Middle Eastern or if he's, uh, you know, he's brown skinned. I'm brown, you know. I grew up in Canada, right? It was like a whole bunch of uh, Caucasian people. And there was me and then it was some other people, you know. And now, you know, Canada has got a lot, a lot more minorities. We got Spanish people coming into church. But you know what? We have to respect all the races, okay? We have to respect the black race, the Asian race, the Hispanic race, brown skin race, and the white race too. There's a lot of disrespect to white people. And I would like to say that I don't think that's fair. I don't want to be treated disrespectfully and they shouldn't be either. I would like to point out there was a lot of people that voted for Obama, okay? Obama was dark-skinned, he was, he, was, he was black, and there's a lot of white people who voted for him. And so I think when people label a race, oh, oh, your race did this to my race, and the, that's labeling and that's tarring people, and I'm definitely against that. Okay, if you're a bad person, okay, it's not your skin color that determines your character, it's your character that determines your character. And a lot of people have this entitlement, ego, you owe me victim mentality. That's not, that's not how life is. Life is not fair. It wasn't, it's not fair to you. It's not fair to me. And it wasn't fair to Jesus Christ. And he was the son of the living God. And God said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And look at what the devil did to Jesus. Life is not fair. Jesus replied, my father is always working and so am I. Praise God. Praise the Lord. You do with your days as you see fit. Romans 14, 5 and 6 says to me, and this is my interpretation, it doesn't have to be yours. 
it says that you determine in the new covenant what day is your day of rest, what day is your Sabbath, and what day you are going to go into a building as a Christian and worship Jesus. And if it's Saturday, good. And if it's Sunday, good. Mine is Sunday because I want to be a Christian that worships on Sunday, S-O-N day and S-U-N day. And I don't care if there was sun worship on Sunday. I don't worship the S-U-N, I worship the S-O-N. The S-U-N is the brightest thing in our sky. The S-O-N is the brightest thing in our universe. And whatever the sun makes free, he, is, he makes free indeed. Christ is risen. Yes, Christ is risen indeed. You are in the new covenant. If you want to worship on Saturday because you want to honor the creation, you go right ahead. But remember something, the creation was besmirched by us. We introduced sin into the creation and sin under the law is dead. And Jesus, who is the son of God, who was perfect, was made sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. And he was dead on the seventh day Sabbath, which may, may have been Saturday or not, because the law is dead. You cannot get to the God through the old covenant law. Good luck with that. For he not only broke the Sabbath, he called God his father, thereby making himself equal with God. So these people think that they say that Jesus broke the Sabbath. I don't think it says he, they think he broke the Sabbath, it says he broke the Sabbath. How is it that Jesus, the son of God, can break the Sabbath? Because he says the Sabbath was just a day, it was just a symbol, and that symbol is him, and he never broke God's will. So when these guys argue about how Jesus keeping his father's commandments, they never read this. Anyways, I'm not trying to win an argument. He's not, that dude's not here. But pray for that dude. You don't know who he is, but trust me. I think he's my past self. I like the young man. He's big, he's friendly, he's passionate, he can talk, but he's, he's on the wrong train. Revelation 18 forces come out of her my people that's Jesus talking to his people and he says there are other people in other folds that are wrong come out of those folds so that we can be one flock and have one shepherd amen for he not only broke the Sabbath he called God his father thereby making himself equal with God so Jesus explained, I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the father doing. We can do nothing of ourselves because we see the father, what the father is doing, just like Jesus, because we see what Jesus is doing. Whatever the father does, the son also does. We are now part of the, that father. Yahweh of the Old Testament is God, our father, because Jesus put us and God together. That's what the Bible is, God and man. For the Father loves the Son and shows him everything he's doing. In fact, the Father will show him how to do even greater works than healing this man. Then you will be truly be astonished. For just as the Father gives life to those he raises from the dead, so the Son gives life to anyone he wants. In addition, the Father judges no one. He has given the Son absolute authority to judge so that everyone will honor the Son just as they honor the Father. Anyone who does not honor the Son is certainly not honoring the Father who sent him. How do you honor the Son when you've got, you're calling somebody else a prophet? Any church that has somebody else that's speaking for God, get out of that church. Get out of that church. God 
is honoring Jesus. Jesus is our judge now. Jesus is my advocate now. The judge and the advocate are the same person. Thank you, God. But Revelation 19 says Jesus is the, is the executioner. He's the angel of death, just like in Moses' Passover. But we will be passed over because he's our advocate. We are the new Israel inside the whole world of Egypt. The whole world is Egypt. Revelation 19 is the Passover. You want Jesus to pass over you by having the blood of the lamb. We plead the blood of the lamb. He is our Passover lamb. I tell you the truth, those who listen to my message and believe God who sent me have eternal life. They will never be condemned for their sins, but they have already passed from death into life. Do you hear this? Jesus is telling us in this verse what's going to happen in Revelation 19. We are not going to be condemned. We have passed. He's going to pass over us. He's not going to, the sword when it comes out of his mouth is not going to touch you. You are exempt from judgment. And I assure you the time is coming. Indeed, it's here now when the dead will hear my voice. Is that 1 Thessalonians 4? Is that in Revelation 20? I'm not sure which. Is that Revelation 20 verse 5? I'm not sure what's what. It says the voice of the Son of God and those who listen will live. The dead will hear his voice. My mother will come forth out of that grave. And she'll have a new body, cancer-free and immortal life. And she's going to say, wow, how, what, what happened to you? I was, I was praying for you. You weren't even paying attention to me. I'm saying, I'm sorry, mom. I was too full of myself. Please forgive me. Please forgive. I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry about that. I was just too headstrong. Like that young man, like that young man today. He's headstrong. He's full of himself. It says the father has life in himself and he has granted that same life giving power to his son. And Jesus is going to give us that immortal life. First, first Corinthians 15 says, Jesus is going to give us immortality. Are you excited about this? Because I know I am. I've read it and I'm more excited than ever before. I've read it before. It doesn't get old. It gets better every single day. I'm going to be working out in eternity with my buddies here in my small town. Only they don't even know it yet. But trust me, they will. And he has given him authority to judge everyone because he is the son of man. Wow. Don't be so surprised. Indeed, the time is coming when all the dead in their graves will hear the voice of God's son. I love it. And they will rise again. My mother's coming out of that grave. My grandfather's coming out of that grave. My grandfather was also a very good man. He surrendered his life to Jesus. Those who have done good will, both of them actually, good will rise to experience eternal life. And those who have continued in evil will rise to experience judgment. You don't want to die in your sins. Give your heart to Christ, okay? You want to change your destiny. You want to have eternal life. It says eternal life. It means eternal life. It's not a metaphor. It means life everlasting without, without termination. Come on. You know, you know Jesus is the one who has it. He's talking relationship and love. That's what powers the world. That's what make men, that's what makes the, man, the race of man plug on. And now people are losing that love. They're losing that love for each other. The marriages are lowering. The birth rate is dropping. Man is becoming extinct, right? Because it's evil. It's a disconnect. That's what sin is. It's anti-love. I can do nothing on my own. I judge as God tells me. Therefore, my judgment is just because I can carry out the will of the one who sent me, not my own will. You want to do Jesus' will or you want to do your will? Pick. Pick a lane. 
If I were to testify in my own behalf, my testimony would not be valid, but someone else is testifying about me. Jesus knows who he is. He is not invisible before God, and you are not invisible before Jesus. I may feel invisible in the world, but I feel fantastic. You know why? Because my Heavenly Father says to me, you know, Mr. Tomorrow Christian, you're not invisible. You got a big mouth. You got things. You, you say wrong things. You say dumb things. You do stupid things. You do sinful things. But you'll never be invisible to me ever again because you love my son. You love Jesus. You will never be invisible to God. Never. And even if you are invisible to people or you can't get attention from people you want or that promotion or you can't get that girl that you like, you know what? Somebody better will come along. You're not invisible to God. Getting validation from human beings, ha, good luck with that. But getting validation from God and Jesus, you got it. It's already yours. But someone else is also testifying about me. And I assure you that everything he says about me is true. God is testifying about Jesus. Jesus knows it. And now you know that God and Jesus are testifying for you. When you make a sin and you say, Lord, I'm so sorry. God the Father looks over at Jesus and Jesus says, this one's with me, Father. Okay, no judgment. This one's with me. Please forgive him because he loves me. God says, you got it. In fact, you sent investigators to, to listen to John the Baptist and his testimony about me was true. Of course, I have no need of human witnesses, but I say these things so you might be saved. John was like a burning and shining lamp and you were excited for a while about his message, but I have a greater witness than John. My teachings and my miracles, the Father gave me these works to accomplish and they proved that he sent me and the Father who sent me has testified about me himself. You have never heard this voice or seen him face to face and you do not have this message in your hearts because you do not believe me, the one he sent to you. Jesus is saying, you don't believe me you don't put me first okay then you don't know God he's not being arrogant he's being confident and he's telling them the reality that is you search the scriptures because you think they give you eternal life but the scriptures point to me yet you refuse to come to me to receive this life this good young man today is searching the scriptures in Exodus 20 verses 8 says keep a day but Colossians 2 16 says it all rolls up into Jesus Christ the Sabbath day of the old covenant is the Sabbath man of the new covenant. Jesus is your Sabbath rest. On Saturday, on Sunday, on Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, and Thursday, and Friday. He is your rest between you and God. Romans 5, 1 and 2. You pick the day when you want to go into a building and you pick what you want to do with that day. It's between you and Jesus and God. For I have come to you in my Father's name, and you have rejected me. Yet if others come in their own name, you gladly welcome them. That church I came from, I'm sorry, I'll say it again. They honor the dead lady more than they honor Jesus. And in God's economy, if you honor someone more than Jesus, then you are honoring Jesus 0%. And if you're honoring Jesus 0%, you are not honoring God because Jesus is teaching relational commandments, love and relationships and other centeredness. And all these rituals and beliefs and hermeneutics do not transform the human heart. They look good on a piece of paper. You can get a PhD in religious studies, 
but they don't change your heart. They only tickle your eyes. No wonder you can't believe, for you gladly honor each other, but you don't care about the honor that comes from the one who alone is God. Wow! Tell it like it is, Lord. Jesus is kind, he's loving, but man, is he tough. Yet, it isn't I who will accuse you before the Father. Moses will accuse you, yes, Moses, in whom you put your hopes. It says in Deuteronomy 18, because I read it and I quoted to the young man in the comments. I say, if somebody comes along and tells you things to come to pass and it doesn't come to pass, then you shall not be afraid of that prophet. Moses wrote it in Deuteronomy 18. It's at the bottom of the chapter. You go and read it afterwards. I just wrote the little comments. TikTok only lets you write a certain amount of comments. Whether he wants to read it or not, it's his business. But I did pray for him. Moses says you don't believe someone who says that they are a prophet, make predictions, and it does not happen because God is never wrong. Jesus is never wrong, but the dead lady was wrong lots. She is not a prophet. Christian writer? At the beginning, yes. You can always listen to a pastor. Everybody can listen to Billy Graham or John MacArthur or J.C. Ryle or Oswald Chambers. They're writers, they're um, Christians, uh, they're teachers, but speaking for God on the same level as Jesus and Moses? No, I don't think so. Homie, don't play it. Because if they were speaking on that level, they would be written in the book. If you really believed Moses, you would believe me because he wrote about me. But since you don't believe what he wrote, how will you believe what I say? That is what our Savior said to his kin and they rejected him. Please don't reject him because he'd never rejected any of us. He loved us. That's why he died on the cross for you and me. And one day we will see his face as he comes out of the clouds and we will say, lo, this is our God. We have waited for him and he will save us now.